what y'all think about y'all like that location? I mean, it's different. I, like, I really like the words uh, to this to, to uh, that particular um, group's um, songs. I really, really like them. Um, and so I've asked Miss uh, Miss Miss Ron in the back to help me today a little bit because uh, uh, when if if you recall uh, back several weeks ago um, we had another prayer by Paul in the book of Ephesians. Okay, Ephesians chapter one verses fifteen through twenty three. Okay, now he has a second prayer, and so that one I, I, I share with you some funny prayer requests. I mean prayers and all you know from kids and stuff like that. So this time I thought I'd do a little bit differently and I'll give you a visual this time. So I have eight prayers I want to show you. So, Miss Rhonda, we're going to, I want y'all to uh, look at these. I thought these were kind of cute uh, as we, uh, in way of introduction. Oh, did it not work, Miss? Go, go back, Miss. Uh... All right. Yeah. And I don't know, how, I, may, I may need to help you from that. Thank you for the food we're about to eat. Please don't let us get caught. <laughs> and I don't know if you have to go to the right. There, oh, there we go. Yeah, you got it. As your humble servant, let me prove to you that winning the lottery won't change me. <laughs> won't change me. All right. Number three, dear Lord, I pray for the cat. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Right. I pray for the cat. Uh-huh. Dear Lord, please don't let my husband uh, be home when all my online orders arrive, especially during this time of year. Right. You've heard this one before, I'm sure, but this is a classic so far today. I'm doing all right. Um, I have not got gossip, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. I have not whined, complained, cursed, or eaten any chocolate. I have charged nothing on my credit card. I'll be getting out of bed in a minute, and uh, I think that I'll really need your help then. <laughs> Maybe when I do. Right. Dear Lord, thank you for all the nuts in my life. I have a couple, and, and here I can think of no, I'm just playing. Thanks for making me funny, especially since you didn't give me much else to work with. You, you at least made me funny. All right, I guess... <laughs> And Lord, as I go through my day, please keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. Bless the Lord on that one. All right, so anyway. Uh, so I thought those were cute. Um, and, and so Paul's long digression, which we took three weeks to do, right, um, is, is over All right, in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. And, uh, and now we look at, at his second prayer. Okay, uh, according to, I like the way Warren Wearsby said it. He says, the first prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 is more about enlightenment, whereas the second prayer is more about, more about enablement. Um, in, in other words, um, the, the second prayer is about knowing. Uh, the first one was more about being. Okay? Um, it, it's le- oh, I'm sorry, I got that messed up. The second prayer is less about knowing and more about being. It's more of an actionable thing. I apologize for that. It's more about pra- uh, practicality um, here, and I think you'll see that. Um, some commentators believe that the content of this prayer is like a scare, a, golly, I can't talk today. Uh, a staircase that has four steps on it and climbs higher as we go. Uh, strength, love, knowledge, and fullness. You're going to see kind of a, uh, a, a you see that uh, a progression here. Um, and as we look at this prayer over the next three weeks, okay, uh, I think we see here in the first part of it two things. Right? We see praise and we see petition. And we'll get to this verse in a moment. Um, and it reminds me of the prayer format that, that I've uh, recommended to you all before uh, that I've used um, personally from time to time. I just want to share this with you again for your prayer life. Acts, A-C-T-S. Just want to share that with you again. Because, you know, sometimes people are like, man, I don't know, I don't know how to pray sometimes, which is just talking to God. But even that can be too open-ended for some people. So to have some direction helps. And so A stands for adoration. 
It's a time of praise uh, to God and, and acknowledging who He is and how holy and righteous and awesome He is. C stands for confession, and that's a time when you confess your, your sins that you that you know of, that you can think of, all right, um, and ask God uh, for forgiveness uh, for your sins. And then T stands for thanksgiving, so it's a time when you thank God, you thank Him for, uh, for all the, the many blessings uh, in your life. And then S stands for supplication, and that just means to pray. Uh, it means I like pray it like a request, requesting God uh, for yourself and interceding for other people. And so I just want to share that with you again, ACTS. No, it wasn't up on the screen, but I wanted to share that with you um, today. And so uh, the central statement is real simple today. In the first part of his second prayer, Paul praises God and petitions God. So Mr. Lewis isn't here today, but she would like she would like what I'm doing today, I'm sure. All right. And so here's the first, the first uh, two verses and what we're uh, we're looking at th this morning. Um, Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 15. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. For what reason is he talking about? Well, for this reason, very likely what he's talking about is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. So let's let's look at what he's what he's talking about. We've already um, already preached on this, but I want you to see specific kind of what he's referring to here. So then, you he's referring to the fact that. You, Ephesians, are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. We talked about that, Mr. Jim and cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So because you are you are now part of, of the family of God. All right? You all know that song. Right? I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God because... Because you are people at Ephesus, listen. All right, let me let me pray for you. All right, because you're one of us now. And so the first part we see here is a praise. We see praise in the first part. Uh, we we kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. We see Paul uh, venture right into praise. Uh, when Paul considers, and when we consider the majesty of God's worldwide work of redemption in Christ. We should respond, the only appropriate way to respond is humble adoration and praise to God the Father. Amen? When you think about all the fact that He saved me, you know, that He saved you, that He saved a sinner like myself, it, it, it should only, that should be our, our response, right, naturally, to, to praise Him. You know, uh, I found this very interesting. Y'all know I like the details. Um, I, this is, I thought, was very, very interesting. It was actually the common practice for early Christians and Israelites all right, to pray standing, to pray standing. Uh, and, and in fact, I'm going to show you that, Mark 11, verse 25. All right? And whenever you stand praying, okay, all right? and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you for your wrongdoing. That's another sermon for another time there. But the point is, whenever you stand praying, and, and, and again, again uh, according to my research, that was, that's what I found, that that was a Jewish custom right, to do so, to pray standing. Okay, so whenever you see this and you look in Ephesians 3, 14, 15, for this reason I kneel, then, okay, why is it so important? Okay, why is he kneeling here when the, when, the, when the custom was to stand? See, kneeling was reserved for moments of great emotion and homage. Uh, I'm going to give you several examples, okay? So look on the screen with me or you can uh, turn to your Bible if you want to as well. Second Chronicles 6, verse 13, when Solomon um, was dedicating the temple. He says, For Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high, and put it on the court. He stood on it 
knelt down in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. Okay? Um, or when Daniel was faced with what he was faced. You remember, you know, hey, you know, uh, they issued this decree. You can't, you can't pray that to, uh, you know, to the God of Israelites. He does it anyway. Daniel 6, verse 10, and look how he does it. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. The windows in his upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. Got on his knees. All right. Again, I'm kind of un uh, somewhat beating a dead horse, which I never liked that expression. Well, what did a horse ever do? But anyway, nonetheless. Or even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it's possible, that this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so you, you see in, in certain times, people did get on their knees to pray. And, and, people, and so uh, very, very uh, emotional time, very, very tough times. Uh, and, and by the way, the Bible doesn't necessarily espouse one method over the other, okay? Uh, oh, you got to pray standing up, or you got to pray kneeling. No, but I do recommend it sometimes if you've never tried it, all right, to, to get on your knees uh, and pray. Uh, and, and Wednesdays, you'll, you know, some people, some, most times people will, will sit, uh, will just sit there and pray where they are, where y'all are sitting. And, and sometimes one of, one of us might kneel and, and have our prayer, prayer list on the pew and, and you know, that way. Uh, but I, you know, I recommend it sometimes. Okay, so back to back to the scripture. There, he says, "Father." So that he, so Paul uh, addresses this pra this prayer simply by saying, "Father." This great and awesome God. Paul identifies God as not only his one Father, but also as the patriarch of an extended patriarch of an extended family in heaven. So here, Paul is basically claiming that he is a member of the divine household that includes both the residents of heaven and the redeemed of earth. And so are we. Amen? All right, so are we. Um, and then to be very clear on this, God, God is the father of each man as creator. He is the father of every person. But as savior, he is only the father of those who believe. Okay, so he's very, very careful with that. Okay, yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. He created everybody. Yeah, but, but he's only the father of those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I just want to be very, very clear with this. There's no such thing in Scripture as a universal fatherhood of God that saves all men. Okay, it, it, there's narrows the gate. Okay, we want there we want there to be a lot of people for sure. But I just want to be very, very clear here what, what we're preaching to, at this church. I love the fact that a holy God is also our Father and wants to hear our prayers. Don't you? I love that. A holy, righteous God. We come uh, helpless and and weak and and unworthy, sinful. We come a mess, basically. Okay, I, I, I recall a, a, a book. Uh, it was called Messy Spirituality. It was about a guy who passed away, but he he worked with youth pastors. His name was Mike Yacanelli. I always remember his name because it's always sounded cool to me, you know. But I, I, I love that that book. I really really liked. It was a little bit controversial. Some people didn't like feeling that way, but you know I think it's important to admit that we're just a mess. We're a mess sometimes. We need God. Amen. And so it reminds me of the following stories. You think about you know praying, uh, coming to uh, God the Father, God the Holy, Righteous God, and calling Him Father. And I, I ran across a story that I thought was very sweet and and, um, and goes right with this. It said a missionary went to Romania and spoke in a church where, where it was still the tradition for men and women to sit on different sides of the sanctuary. 
separated by a partition. Interesting, huh? All right. Um, at one point um, in the service, a little girl decided that she wanted to take her father a flower that she had picked when she came into the church. She's the partition to separate them, right? And so she knelt and crawled hesitantly, humbly, almost apologetically, apologetically across the barrier between herself and her father. When, she, when he saw her, there was no hesitation on his part. He reached down, pulled her onto his lap, and put his arms around her. In the confidence of that embrace, she offered him the gift that she had brought to him. She stuck her little fist with the even smaller flower beneath his nose, and he breathed it in as if it were the most fragrant perfume he'd ever smelled. Isn't that a beautiful picture? See, she, she didn't care. You know, the child didn't care about that partition there in that church. She wanted to, she would, she had a gift for her father and she wanted to, to give it to him. See, in some in some respects, the actions of this child and father make no sense. In that culture, she had been wrong, right? Uh, she, she had been wrong. In that culture, she was not to leave the women, not to cross the partition, not to forsake tradition, perhaps not even to pick the flower. Yet she offered her humble gift with confidence because the one to whom she offered it was her father. Amen. Well, that's a sermon there. All right. May we become more like this little Romanian girl in our prayers, unashamed, unencumbered, unhindered. We pray to a righteous God who wants to hear our prayers. Amen. May that be our heart today. So in this first part of this second prayer for the Ephesians, Paul praises God and he petitions God. And once again, my Miss Sally, my wife, she did an awesome job picking songs today. All right. If you think about what we sang today, it was there was an element of prayer or praise in them. Right? And, and so once again, thank you, Sally, and thank you, Miss Rhonda, uh, and thank you, Alex, as always. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that he, our Father, may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit. So as we look at the second part, uh, this, this petition, all right, the content of this petition, I think we're going to see on the next screen here, we're going to break petition up into three parts, okay, if you're taking notes. So you had praise, now we have petition, and we're going to look at these three parts of his petition here, okay? Power, dwell, and love. So that's where we're going the next couple minutes, okay? Uh, I think Jimmy said I could go till 12 today. Is that right, brother? Amen. All right. Okay. No, no amens? Okay. All right. Just <laughs> All right. Um, so before Paul prays for these things, however, I want you to see right, the word according. Okay, now, it's not on the screen, but I'm going to go back and read that part of verse 16. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches. Now, okay, Brother Patrick, what's the point? It does not say, I pray that, I pray that he may grant you out of the riches of his glory. According to. Let, let, let me explain. Okay? If a billionaire gives someone $10, he has given out of his riches, Right? But if a billionaire gives a million, he's given according to his riches. Y'all see the difference? Okay? He, he's, he's given, the first is a, uh, is a portion, the second is a proportion. I love that. I love that thought, guys. I, get, I, you know, I love the details. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to it. It's, it's a proportion. Matthew 7 reminds me of this. Matthew 7, verse 9 through 11. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Amen? I love that. 
Colossians 1, verse 27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Again, this it's not a little bit. He's not giving just a little bit of grace. and, and you know, No, no, he's giving uh, according to it, according to his vast riches and glory. God is a good God, rich in mercy and altogether glorious. Amen? John Newton wrote this in one of his songs. He said it very well. Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can never ask too much. Amen? Praise God. And so as we look at, after that, I had to, I had to make sure we covered that. I love that part of it. Um, prayer. So now we have, I mean, sorry, power, dwell, love. So power. Let's look at this now. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. In Colossians it says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully. See, this power and strength comes from the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, through his Spirit, what it says, that's where it comes from. You see, someone, someone once well said, if God, and very sadly said this, because it's true, if God took the Holy Spirit out of this world, most of what we Christians are doing would go right on and nobody would know the difference. That's a sad statement about, our, our, about Christians these days. And some have said a lot about, have criticized Baptists about that as well, like specifically. But may we not be that, church, the Holy Spirit. May we rely on the Holy Spirit, ask Him to fill you every day. Because He, because he lives inside of you, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? But ask Him to fill you. Right? That's what I said. One of my prayers every morning. Lord, fill me with Your Holy Spirit right now. All right? Help me be the kind of person You want me to be today. Right? And so may we as a church rely on the Holy Spirit more often. Now, next, uh, weird. What is He? What is He talking about here? Like, where do we? Where does this power like directed? Okay. Well, I pray that He may grant you according. Remember, uh, according to the riches of His glory. To be strengthened with power in your inner being, in your inner being, inner being through the Holy Spirit, and so it's not like bodybuilders, you know. Uh, that's the outer being, you know, you know like Jimmy, man. He, you know, like right. Come on, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm hooking you. Up. Gonna get no email on that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pump you up, your brother. Right. But you know, it's not, it's not in our outer being, you know. Um, and, and what we know, our culture has always care way too much for the external. Amen. Way too much for the external. Uh, so we're not looking at the, the outer being. He's, Paul specifically says the inner being here. Okay? And prayer for the physical is fine, but we don't pray for the spiritual part of the person as much as we should. Uh, and that's, that's on me as well. I'm, that's an that's a oh me instead of amen. Right? It's only when we yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him control the inner man that we succeed in living to the glory of God. Because we can't do it on our own. Uh, we, we, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. So again, this means feeding the inner man the Word of God and praying and worshiping and exercising the senses by loving obedience. In the first part of the second prayer for the Ephesians, Paul praises God and petitions God. Now let's look at the second part of that petition. Right, we looked at power. Now we're going to look at dwell. So let's read that verse again. Verse 17. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. That's, that's just the first time we read that. I'll apologize for that. Dwell, the word dwell. See, I, I, again, I love the details here. There are two Greek words for dwell, okay? Two Greek words uh, in the Bible used for dwell. One has the idea of living in a place as a stranger for a little while, 
Okay? Come in, live in a stranger, like living in this house over here for a little while and then leaving. Right? And there's a second word which means uh, settling down, making that house permanent, making that home a permanent home. Well, guess which word is used here? The second one. Yeah, the second one. All right? Permanent. Permanent house. Jesus wants to settle down in our hearts, not just live as a stranger. Right? Has he settled down and made your heart his home? Have you allowed him to make your heart his home? Tony Evans said, but if you want spiritual power, Jesus must be free to be fully at home in your heart. He must have access to every room. He wants to clean and straighten, and straighten out the messy closets that you're hiding. If you want to realize all that God has for you, Christ must be Lord of your heart. Right? And that's a sobering, uh, sobering thought, but very true. St. Patrick's famous prayer well reflects these truths. Christ be with me and within me. Christ be, be behind me and before me. Christ beneath me and above me. May your salvation, Lord, be always ours this day and forevermore. Amen? I love that. I love that. John 14, verse 23 says, Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Make our home with him permanently. Do we keep God's word? Jesus makes a home with us. It says right there in the word. May we all be able to say like Paul said to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our life is not our own. And so may we be more willing to submit every part of our life to Christ. And, and this is a part where you, you, you look at yourself, you look at your own heart, and ask, ask yourself, is there a part of your life that God doesn't have control of, that, that, that um, God's not sitting on the throne, that he's not home? It's not a home for him in that part of your life. The rest of it's okay, but that part, God, I'm keeping to myself. What is that part in your life? Examine your heart today. And may Jesus have residence and dwell in your all your heart. Let's look at, because again, I think it's going to be up here, the central statement. We see a prayer. We see this prayer. We see a praise and a petition. And so the last part of the petition is love, not love. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. And so when you look at the word love there, it's going to be described in two ways. Loved, firmly established. Okay, we're going to look at those parts, those two parts. Rooted. Okay, let's look at the first one. <clears throat> rooted. Rooted refers to botany, uh, it ref you know, to, to plant life. It reminds me of Colossians 1 verse 23. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith, and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Also in Colossians it says in chapter 2, verse 7, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. So again, we're looking at rooted and firmly established. And so the first one, rooted, just as the, as the deeper the roots of a tree are, the bigger and stronger it is, right? So there's a sermon right there. So if there is to be power in our lives as Christians, then there must be depth. There must be depth. The roots must go deeper and deeper into the love of Christ. Uh, you know, I've said it, you know, you, you don't learn something through, through osmosis, right? You heard, heard the expression? I mean, you, you experience it. You you put the work in. And it's just like being a good athlete. You've you, you got to put the work in. you, you got to practice. you got and and 
growing in our relationship with Christ. If we want to dig our, our roots deeper, we got to be in the Word, right, brother? Right? We, we got to be reading it. Uh, we we got to have you know, have your time with God. Have your have your time every day where you come and you read His Word and you and you pray. Um, it's it's not it's not going to happen any other way. There's not some miracle you know cure here I can give you. Take this pill and you're growing Christ. <laughs> it's 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 just old fashioned spending time with Him. Amen. The next part, firmly establishing love. Mr. Jim will like this part, right? being an architect. See, the grounded, right, that word, uh, the firmly established is actually translated grounded. And grounded refers to architecture, to stability. See, I, I, I love that. The, these two words of rooted and grounded basically mean the same general thing. That, that love must be at our core, our roots, our foundations. As Christians, we will be known by our love for one another, right? John verse 13, 30, John 13, 35 says this. It's on the screen here. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. I love that. I heard of a preacher one day. They were, having a, they were building a, a new building, had a new building built and uh, being made. And he went out. He was, he was complaining about the, how long it was taking. Okay? That never happened to you, right, brother? No one ever complained about that. Uh, complaining about this new building being made, made. And he went to the architect and complained one day. To which the architect replied, very, very strong statement and so true. You'll hear the sermon in, in it right here. He says, Pastor, the most important part of this building is the foundation. If you don't go deep, you can't go high. Now that preach. Okay? If you don't go deep, you can't go high. You know, that's so true. That's right, brother. Romans 5, 5 says, this, this hope will not disappoint us because God loved, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. His love has been poured out. His hope will not disappoint. We won't be disappointed. The Holy Spirit He's given to us that we've already preached on this morning. Romans 8, verses 35 to 39. This is one of my favorite parts of Scripture. It says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted the sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. May we remember that. Nothing can separate us. Your sin doesn't separate you from the love of God. Right? He is still there. He still loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And remember what we read earlier today, what Sally read earlier in, in the scripture. Right? Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29. Let's, let's, I want to read that to you again because it, it goes here when you talk about you know, depth and, and what are you building your life on. Right? On a rock or sand. Right? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them would be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like their have you built your life on the rock? See, a deep experience with God can sustain us during severe trials in our lives. Amen? 
which we know, you've heard me say countless times from this pulpit, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We don't peddle the gospel and say your life is going to be a bunch of roses and, you know, smiley faces or whatever the word is. I don't even know. Cupcakes, whatever. It's not, it's not that. Life is not that way. Life is tough. Life is tough. Amen? Now, probably, I, I expect an amen on that one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's tough. But the deeper our roots, the more able God is able to sustain us during severe trials. Because you, you know that, that God still got it. That's when we I, I talked to Matt this morning. I said, man, God wasn't surprised about this. You know, God's got this. You know, just keep trusting in Him. See, if our roots run deep, we can stand firm. Amen? Do your, what about your roots? Do they run deep? Or are they, they not, not very deep at all? Can pull it up in any little bit of trouble, any little bit of rain, any little bit of, of wind? Because we see that, right? I mean, let's be honest. We see that. You know, we... We're not trying to judge, you know, but we'll see people come and for a little while, and you know, and and, and Bible even talks about that, you know, uh, in a parable, you know, and, and some fall on the, you know, in, in the path, and then you know, in the rocky ground, and we, you know, this that's a that's a tough parable, by the way. As I ask uh, Alex and Sally to come up as we as we uh, end today, may we as individuals and as a and as a church strive to do the same things Paul did in his prayer and what he prayed for the Ephesians in it. So may we strive, as we, as we review this, may we strive to make it a regular practice to come humbly before our Lord God Almighty and praise Him. I just want to encourage the church to do that. If you have never, if you you know, you can just listen to some praise music in your car or you're on, on the way to work. You know, uh, you know, listen, you know, praise Him. You know, some of y'all like, some people like music, some people don't like it as much, but you can still pray and praise a holy God. And may we have the boldness in our asking, you know, just like the Romanian girl, you know, not caring about what other thoughts, what the rules were, and that she's going to crawl to her father. May we have the boldness in asking because we know that he's a good guy. He knows how to give good things to his children. Amen. And may we be strengthened right, with power through the Holy Spirit and rely on the Holy Spirit rather than ourselves. May Christ dwell in our hearts. May he dwell in our hearts. Take up residence, not just here for a little while and gone. May He dwell in your hearts. And may we be rooted and grounded in love. Amen? Right? Amen. If our church did these things, right, we're going to give uh, so much praise to God. God's going to get so much praise and honor. Again, it's not about us. It's about Him. Amen? Right? And there's more next week. Amen? So come on back next week. But if you have a decision to make today, the, the altar's always open. You know, and, and you can come... You, you're sitting down here and pray, or pray right where you are, all right? Um, and and uh, maybe there's a part of your life that that you're still holding back, you know, from God. And in that area, you don't want God to touch that area. I pray that God will work on that uh, with you today, and that you'll give it to Him. Amen. Right. So, let's stand and sing. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. It's on page two fifty.